The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and understand the value and purpose of money across generations? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In the third season of Finesse Your Money, the theme is more than money. We're talking all things money with our inspirational guests, but we go beyond that to explore creating a legacy beyond wealth, success and stewardship among families, the energy and purpose of money, well-being and wealth, relationships and money, connection, being intentional and values. Listen in to hear some excellent tips from our guests and set yourself up for a bright, happy future with a stronger sense of purpose around money. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hi, and welcome to Finesse Your Money. I'm Janine Wilson, your host. Our guest today is Lolita Lowe. Lolita is a personal fashion curator, a stylist with a focus on education, an author and a designer. She works with clients to curate a wardrobe of exceptional lifetime pieces that they love. Lolita takes a long-term view on fashion, much like I do with investing, and sees her role as helping clients make better choices and maximising the use of clothes in their wardrobe. That's got to be a real money-savvy thing to do. Lolita studied fashion in Paris, (laughs) as well as one of the top fashion schools in Australia, RMIT. She's a certified fashion stylist and is multi-talented as she has a degree in marketing as well. Lolita will tell you that she loves beautiful clothing that's made to last, clothing that's made with skill, with quality and design that makes a person look their best. She cares immensely about how materials are sourced as well as um, the people who make our clothes. The processes that are used uh, should be mindful of the environment as well as all the people who work to create them. Lolita says to rethink our fashion is to value ourselves, the people who make our clothes and the well-being of nature. In her 20s, Lolita lived in India for four years and studied meditation. I'm certain we'll talk more about that today. Welcome, Lolita. Hi, Janine. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto this podcast. Thanks. I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, I've been wanting to chat with you for ages since I heard that your brand new book was launching. There's so many ways to make a difference on the planet and reducing waste and fair trade are certainly a couple of the biggies in my mind. So listeners, don't forget to stick around until the end. We'll let you know how to access an incredible offer from Lolita today. Let's get going. Tell us more about yourself and your business, Lolita, and, and tell us something people may not have known about you. Well, as you said, you know, I've been in fashion for quite some time and I've done many things in fashion, worked around the world. 
Um, and the one thing I care most about now is really helping people be more mindful around their fashion. And that's why I work one-on-one -on -one with people is to help them first love what they wear and feel the best in the clothes that they wear. Um, and then also to um, help with education so that they, they know what it means when they're making the choices that they are around their fashion, I guess. So I'm really a stylist with a focus on education, as you said, and it's so fulfilling to really help people kind of be more focused with their decisions around fashion and really value what they choose and, and value themselves overall. I mean, what we choose with our fashion is is all related to how we feel about ourselves and um, there's so much involved in that which we'll talk about later but I was going to say I think that when people look good and feel good that they give more and and do more yeah and I think you know everybody can relate to that you know everybody has one garment that they um, that they love the most and they know that when they put it on they're going to walk out the door feeling confident it's kind of like that outfit that you can always fall back on if nothing else works for the day you know you can put it on and I think there's something about that you know that um, you know we know what it feels like when we truly feel good in our clothes and what the impact that it makes so yeah it's so true it's a bit like Wonder Woman putting on her outfit <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? It's so true. I think I've used, you know, images like of, like that in um, some of my blogs, you know, of, of women wearing the, the Wonder Woman costume just because it, it does show that, yeah. <laughs> so congratulations on the recent launch of your book, It's Time to Rethink Your Fashion, Creating a Better Future. Tell us what led um, to you writing the book. Thank you so much. It's really such an amazing process to write a book and I never thought, I would write a book and the last few months have really been the perfect time to do that and uh, it's really a consolidation of, of um, a lot of time thinking about fashion and where it is now and, and the direction that it's been heading and it's really been in the process I'd say for the last two years and what's led what led to me writing the book was seeing that fashion has changed. You know, when I first got into fashion, um, it, it, there was less on offer and it was so much more special to buy a piece of clothing. You know, we had to wait for garments, to like for collections to come into store. There was no online shopping and it was a lot more valued, I guess. And then in the recent years, well, I guess specifically in the last 10 years, fashion has just sped up incredibly. The way people value fashion has changed and um, there's just so much waste. And, you know, I've always cared about garments in terms of the design. Like I, I love design and I grew up around clothing that was, you know, my mother used to make her own clothing and just watching her create something from beginning to end instilled such an appreciation in me of clothing. So, Lolita, it's really interesting. You mentioned there about the experience of buying fashion and, the, you know, it seems to me that it's really important to bring that back, people being more mindful and really enjoying the experience of purchasing fashion. I have to admit, when I buy clothing, I'm, I'm not lazy, but I don't thoroughly enjoy it. And so when you were speaking then, I was thinking, actually, I could probably get back into enjoying the purchasing of clothes. I'm so I'm I'm so funny. I when I buy something, if I go to a store and I buy a blouse, I I ask them what colours they've got it in, and if they've got five colours in my size, I take all five because for me it's just 
simpler than going back to the store because I just don't love it. And so mm. I think, you know, it's an important message to bring forward about the experience and the enjoyment that you can get from buying, you know, beautiful pieces of fashion and how that then helps the planet and helps and helps people really. Anyway, the theme of this season is more than money. What does that mean to you and how does that translate into um, how you work with your clients? I just love this concept more than money because I think one of the, the main drivers for me writing the book is about value, is about valuing what we buy and valuing clothing because in the fashion industry itself, you know, the value of clothing has changed. And I think personally, consumers generally have uh, are thinking more about price than about the the value of the clothing. They're just price driven. And a lot of the clothing that people buy these days doesn't last. Um, They end up throwing it out because, you know, it's made poorly. And so they're not investing in their clothing. You know, they're not thinking about, you know, what really is the value of this piece of clothing. Value firstly in terms of how long will it last me? Am I going to wear it? What's it made of? You know, what are the what are what are the textiles? Um, what's the quality of the textiles? Because people are out there to shop for kind of instant gratification most of the time, or they're buying because of a need and they're not planning their purchases. So they might buy something, but then it ends up being the wrong thing. So many reasons. And so I think I really well, I really like to focus on clothing, um, investing in our clothing. So I really take a long-term view, like you said earlier and I really try to help my clients plan for the pieces that they buy and to know that sometimes when we go looking for something we're not going to find it you know so to really be willing to take time to find the right pieces of clothing that you're looking for and think about pay per wear when you think about more than money investing in your clothing just say a jacket if you buy a jacket for a hundred dollars from a fast fashion brand it's made of really cheap um, fabrics that will not last long or they're made of man-made fibers like polyester which are made from petroleum that do not biodegrade in the environment so there's a whole other lot of ramifications there and that a hundred dollar jacket um, if it doesn't last you're not going to get the value for money out of it you know it, it probably won't fit you as well because not as much consideration has been made into creating that jacket And so you're not going to be happy with it also. So then, again, you'll probably try to get rid of it quicker. Um, Whereas if you think about a jacket, that may seem in the beginning more expensive. Like, I mean, I'll I'll give you an extreme example. You know, one of my favourite brands, Balmain, they're a French fashion brand, been around for a long time. Uh, They create incredible jackets incredible blazers Um, they are lifetime pieces once you buy one of them you will have it in your wardrobe for years and years and years to come and it costs over two thousand dollars so that's expensive right i mean most people are not going to put out that money to begin with for one piece one item but if you think about purchasing that in the future and plan for it as something as an investment the pay per wear of that item, you're going to wear it many times over many years and there's a lot of value in that. And also the creation of that garment, there's been a lot of consideration taken into the creation of that garment. The people who make them, you know, paid fairly. Um, So it's a whole different process and there's so much value in that garment as opposed to something that you buy from, uh, say, a fast fashion brand. So 
that's how I see more the money um, in terms of fashion. Yeah, and, and it's a great outlook, really. I mean, it's really quality over quantity. And, you know, as you were speaking there, Lolita, I was, it was just occurring to me that, you know, that $2,000, yes, you're absolutely right, people might balk at that, but if you've bought a $100 jacket 20 times over or you've had a beautiful piece of clothing that you want to wear all you know you you love and you thoroughly enjoy wearing and it makes you feel special and uplifts you and you keep that for 20 years that's a totally different you know do those numbers <laughs> it makes yeah. so much more sense you know and as it, I, I was just listening uh, as well it, it occurred to me you know I, I look at the fashion in my wardrobe and it's just say for example something simple like work blouses for me if I get out my work blouses I've bought good quality blouses the buttons you know are, are, you know are well attached and you know the, the the shape and the style is good I contrast that to my husband's work shirts I spent four hours on Sunday afternoon sewing buttons back on <laughs> and they're shapeless sack looking things and you know they certainly don't make him feel special when he goes to work so I think I'll have to get my hubby on board with rethinking his fashion <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny isn't it and I think you know if you haven't thought about it before it takes an experience of of something that really makes you feel good it can be something as simple as that or makes you look look your best to create that you know that that kind of pivot in your mind paradigm shift and like and rethinking your fashion you know I mean I remember when I used to work in a boutique years and years and years ago and um, the thing that I loved the most was when clients would come in and we would spend a long time with them to help them get the right pieces and uh, that shift that would happen for people when when you've tried on lots of different outfits and then they find the ones that really make them look amazing and that that light bulb that goes on it's like wow okay now I understand you know what it means to take the time to find the right pieces of clothing so it's an experiential thing I think you know and I think it's um for, for me my sons are, are you know grown grown now but from a very early age I always felt um and did actually buy quality clothing and quality brands. And I had one child. People would say to me, you're crazy. Why are you spending <laughs> that money on those clothes? And I think, you know, I was unaware at that time about, you know, things with fabrics and fair trade and so on and the environment because it was quite quite a number of years ago. But I'm more aware of that now. But for me, in my mind, I was bought those and I handed those down through the family members. I mean, my, my brother had four kids and my sister had three and, you know, so they were handed through, gen, you know, all these different family members and they just stood the test of time. And I think um, aside from that, I think my son really loved wearing those clothes. They made him feel special. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. That that's so great. And you know, our clothes have stories in them, don't they? Like they, <laughs> they, 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 you know, they show you know what we were doing in our life, and if they do last longer, you know, we have so many moments that we experience in that clothing and. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lolita, I love what you say in in um, about deciding to rethink your fashion. It asks people to be conscious and mindful about their decisions, their relationship with clothing and the people and products across the fashion value chain. Tell us more about that. Uh, rethinking our fashion, you know, it's a big topic 
and it's on so many levels. So rethinking really starts with ourselves. Rethinking is our personal relationship to fashion, our relationship with ourselves and what that means when we buy our clothes. And then there's also rethinking fashion in the wider context, which is locally, globally, socially, environmentally. So the book covers all of those things. And I really take people on a kind of a journey, I guess you would call it. Um, I try not to use the word journey too much because I think it's a bit overused, but, you know, it is It is in a way because it all really does start with ourselves. If we re- rethink how, you know, how we buy our clothes and what it means when we buy our fashion, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel our bo- about our bodies, about size, about beauty, all of those things are, are real drivers, um, you know, and about what society says about fashion and and beauty that make us make the decisions that we do also so there's a lot in that so that's one thing and then the second thing is also you know like you said the value chain which is just so complex and so diverse and at this point in time it really um we really do need to be thinking about it because there's just so much waste being created by the fashion industry. And also, I mean, we've heard a lot about sweatshops over many, many years, that concept of sweatshops. But I think it's, it's, it's a bigger conversation now because fast fashion has really um, pushed the limits on what it means for working conditions. And I mean, it's just, you know, people are, there's just workers' rights are really not taken into regard in many of these fast fashion um, companies. And now people are becoming aware. There was a really big event that happened quite a few years ago, which was the collapse of the Rana Plaza um, manufacturing um, unit, um, factory. And uh, that was a big issue. And because of social media, you know, this had never happened before, but people were able to find out about this much more quickly. And there was a huge uproar because of the reach of social media. Everybody heard about it. And we, we were able to start the conversation about what it meant for these conditions in these factories. Mm. And it really started a whole kind of Pandora's box of the fashion industry. And the conversation has really grown and grown. And I think there's still so much work to do, but it's started change. So that's why I'm talking about rethinking our fashion in, term, in a bigger context to when we're buying our clothing, think about firstly, how our clothing was sourced, you know, because of the environmental impact, where the fabrics were sourced from, were they flown around the world five times before they reached, you know, the company? Were they created in a way that protects the environment or were they created in a way that um, really draws from the resources of the environment and, you know, impacts the the land and takes from the land and doesn't replenish it you know also who were the people who made our clothes were they taken care of did they have fair working conditions were they paid a fair wage 80 percent of the people who make our clothes are women and they're not taken care of they can't contribute to their families so many things because of this being underpaid and in bad working conditions so it's really a huge conversation and the main thing that i talk about in the book is about being conscious being conscious for ourselves about what we buy and being conscious of the impact that our clothing choices make i think it's so important to really be making informed decisions so get informed Find yep. out, um, care, 
And, you know, as you were speaking, I was, it was occurring to me that, you know, we're sitting here today recording this at the tail end of COVID here in Australia. And, you know, my hope for the future is that to some extent we can, you know, start to bring some of those manufacturing back to Australia. Yes, it might cost more and, you know, um, you know, I, that there may be some drop-off in demand for workers overseas. But, you know, we found that, you know, getting goods and services that we wanted during these COVID times has actually been difficult to some extent. Um, and so, you know, we, we're sending so many resources offshore, you know, let's keep some of them, let's bring back some manufacturing to Australia and bring back those quality items to Australia and be more mindful. Anyway, that's my hope for the future. Oh, look, it's my hope for the future too. And it's a big conversation. I mean, in Australia, that conversation did take place. And it is. it has set COVID, this whole shutdown has set off a whole new approach to fashion. The Australian fashion industry is talking about manufacturing more in Australia. And it's not happening just here, it's happening globally. Mm. You know, they're talking about it more in America, in Europe, and how they can source and supply things more within closer to home. So mm. it's really great. I mean, in Australia, we produce some of the best quality wool in the world and a majority of wool. And yet, we send our wool off to be spun in Italy, thousands of kilometres away, only to be brought back here to be used as a fabric. When what if we had all those processes here in Australia? That's huge value for Australia. I mean, that's an economic system that we could have. I mean, it's really political, the, this whole conversation and a lot involved. But imagine if we could produce our wool completely in Australia, how incredible that would be. Yeah, and I think that you're absolutely right and that applies across so many industries. The number of resources that we're sending overseas for pennies and bringing back and paying a fortune for rubbish, <laughs> absolute garbage that lands on the waste <laughs> pile. It's just extraordinary. I think, you know, yeah. if one thing's come out of COVID, it is that we are rethinking so many things and, and not just fashion, but, you know, we've got to start somewhere. Anyway, I read an insight from you recently, Lolita, that on average, both men and women wear only 20% of the clothes in their wardrobe. And I have to say, I was absolutely shocked by that statistic. What's happening with the other 80%? And how did we get to where we are in this situation and what does that mean for us in our future? I know, it's pretty wild, isn't it? 20%. I mean, I, personally, you know, I repeat my clothes a lot and I, you know, have a small amount of clothes that I love and that I just kind of, I like I have, like you said earlier, you'll buy the same shirt in five different colours. Well, I, you know, I'll do that with clothes as well. My favourites, I kind of have, you know, different colours in the same style because that 20% really is those clothes that suit us the best and we feel our most confident in and they're appropriate for our lifestyle. Yeah. So usually it's re that really small amount and we wear them all the time. And then the other ones are just things that we've bought when we've been out shopping with a girlfriend and we've gone, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. Oh, I love it. You're caught up in the moment. And then, you know, it really doesn't apply or it doesn't suit anything else or, the, or we, you don't even understand sometimes why. You know, it just doesn't fit you properly. Um, but you don't really realise what that is. And there's the other side of it also, which we spoke about which is fast fashion you know a lot of the clothing now is not made to last 
and you know we wear it a few times and then it it either peels or it gets a hole or it doesn't sit correctly on the body after a few washes because it goes out of shape and then it just lays in our wardrobe sitting there you know waiting for something to happen to it um and then it just it kind of piles up and um you know like even with say t-shirts you know not all t-shirts are created equal if i if we put like five t-shirts alongside of each other you know some would get holes in them really quickly some would wear out you know they'd go out of shape after one wear and it all depends on the quality of the cotton fiber but a lot of us don't know about that you know so um there's so much involved in this kind of 20 percent and i think it's also a lot to do with the, which is what I do when I work with my clients is education is when we went to school, we didn't get style training. We didn't learn about what suits us for our body shape, what makes us feel our best, you know, what makes it look, us look our best. We didn't learn about proportion of body shape and how to use clothes to our best advantage in that way. Um, and so we buy things and if, when we're not aware of it and then find out that they don't suit us later on, you know. So part of it is also knowing what, what works for your body shape, which is really kind of a, a, you know, a basic kind of thing, but it's not because a lot of people, you know, aren't aware of what that is. So I think when we understand those basic elements, then we can make better decisions around our fashion and buy more things that we're going to wear for a long time and, you know, more often. So. Yeah, I think um, the the really important point there is, you know, creating this signature style. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, you know, nothing wrong with kind of having it a little, uniform's not the right word, but, you know, it makes life so much simpler and easier if you just can go to the wardrobe and you know what's going to work and put it on and you don't need a massive collection. And the other thing is, you know, you spoke about, you know, body shape and all of that. We don't... <laughs> Um, we don't learn that in school. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing now because I all I could picture and was going through my mind was remember that horrible advertisement on telly quite a few years ago where the woman asked, "Is my bum big in this?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> get some advice, people. <laughs> Are we recycling or reusing, and how do we deal with all that waste? It seems like a massive problem to me, Lolita. It is. It's one of the biggest issues. Um, and honestly, there's not much of a solution for the waste issue at the moment. There's Recycling is one of the biggest problems. Annually, 12.8 million tonnes of clothing is sent to landfill. Mm. So it's massive. You know, it's such a big issue. And I some countries have more of a solution than here in Australia. Here we really don't have much at all. I mean, I would love to be able to say to clients, you know, at the end of a garment's life, you know, if that if and when that happens, take it to a recycling depot for textiles, but we don't have textile recycling solutions. Um, there is one company called Man Rags um, that started up that you can um, book in like, like a box of clothing and send it off to them and they will recycle it for you. So clothing that's gotten holes and, you know, all those things. Um, so people are starting to create solutions, but we really need so much more. A lot more uh, to go. Oh, there's just such a long way to go. And my mother works as a volunteer at the Red Cross 
and she said that years and years ago when clothing would be brought in, you know, it was really good quality, but now it's just all these, these clothing from fast fashion and nobody wants to buy it and it's just, it's such a big issue. And even, you know, secondhand stores, like people think that taking clothing to a secondhand store is a way to, you know, prolong its life and, you know, to help someone. But really even... Even the clothing that goes there, these stores don't know what to do with it. There's just so much coming in and it gets, it's just packing up and up and up. They were sending it offshore to go to other countries, but these countries don't want that clothing anymore because there's just too much of it. So it's just building up. So we need new solutions. There's a, a, a charity in the UK called Ellen MacArthur Foundation and it was created by a woman called Dame Ellen MacArthur. And so she was the fastest woman to date to sail around the world by herself, solo, in one go. And uh, while she was on this trip, she just had a certain amount of resources on the yacht that she could live off. And when she thought about that as she was sailing, she realised that our earth also only has a certain amount of resources. They're finite. They're not going to keep you know, we're not going to get more and more resources. And so when she finished this trip, she created the charity called Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And it's it's t- talking about a circular economy, which is thinking about new ways that we produce product and the way that we design product so that we're keeping it in use for longer, so that we're recycling it, so that we're, we're designing with the end in mind. And so they're encouraging, you know, fashion designers to think about how they design their products so that they've got a plan for it at the end of its life. So um, some fashion brands are um, taking back their clothing now and turning it into new clothing or there's a um, brand fashion brand called the Eileen Fisher and so what she does is she takes back clothing that customers don't want to wear anymore that's you know of her clothing and has a felting machine and she she puts it into this felting machine and creates amazing textiles out of it so there's all there are innovative things that are happening but it's, you know, it's really, there's, we need to do so much more. Excellent points. My husband actually works in environmental services and he mm. tells me all of the, the time that, you know, goods, you mentioned goods going to charity stores and things and goods going to recycling. There's just not the same demand. And then those businesses actually, you know, the charity stores actually have to pay to have the waste taken away. Even though someone might consciously think they're doing a great thing, it's actually creating a different problem in this case for the charity because they've got to then pay to get rid of that, you know. So Mm -hmm. I, I think being mindful about what you, don't just shovel that stuff out of your wardrobe in a bag, you know, those undies that have got holes in them or whatever and, take them down to the charity shop bin or whatever, actually yeah. be quite mindful in the choice of what you are doing with that clothing and, and fashion. And so great, great commentary there on the, on those choices with those different fashion designers. So if you're enjoying listening to Lolita and want to find out more, head over to her website, www.lolitalowe.com. While you're there, check out Lolita's fabulous fashion consultation offer one hour with her at half price, awesome. Go to services, then consultation and enter the code finesse at the checkout. Tell us what you'll get in the consultation and how someone would benefit from working with you, Lolita. 
So in this one hour, it's really to talk about, you know, what you're doing with your fashion, what are the issues that you find, you know, where are you not happy with your fashion choices and how can we start to make a change with that? And so it's so personal, you know, for everyone, it's really different. And so it's really a way to talk about what those key issues are and then plan a way to make make some change and to start making different choices and it can you know be as simple as you know buying half the amount of clothing that you did in a year or you know being more selective about the pieces you buy or learning about body shape or you know there's there's lots of different things so it's really a personal exploration and it, it's one-on-one so it's yeah. I, I'm going to take that up offer up myself <laughs> I'm in the market for a new look <laughs> Oh, that that's great. You know, it's just like there's there's always a time to, you know, to finesse to finesse, which is the code, our look and you know, make it something new. Great uh, segue there. So tell us more about creating a signature look and creating a collection of lifetime pieces and why it's important. Is it just about that personal brand and style, money, much deeper and meaningful purpose, or is it all of those things? <laughs> it's all of those things. Definitely. Um, It's funny because recently I just did a uh, presentation to a group of women about this signature look. And um, it's one of the things that people ask a lot more about is how they can do that because I think they understand the concept. And so when I talk about a signature look, I talk about focusing on, as I've spoken about before, those garments that we always tend to gravitate towards and understanding what it is about them and then building our collection of clothing around that and then being more mindful about how we do that and having a long-term view on fashion. So a signature look is really about kind of, it's kind of a uniform, but it's creative. So it could be something as simple as there's a fashion designer called Carolina Herrera. She's known for her white shirts. That's her signature look. She always wears a white shirt and then whatever she else she wears with it, it can be fantastic skirt or fantastic pants, but that is her defining thing in her clothing. She knows, you know, kind of the shapes that she needs to wear and that's a big part of it. So that's her defining look. And for each of us, it's different. There's another woman who I really admire called Corinne Reutfeld. So she was the previous editor of French Vogue and she is a fashion stylist and her signature look is a pencil skirt and always wearing a shirt with it I mean not always most of the time a shirt with an open neck and it's a really kind of it's relaxed but it's very you know French chic looks like it just so effortless basically and if you google her name you will see it pop up that's her look you will see her in a pencil skirt different fabrics different colors and the blouse different fabrics different colors but that's her look yeah look it is it's about once you know what your signature look is it saves you time because you know what you're going to look for in store then it saves you money because you're making more of the right choices when you go shopping for your clothes and the deeper and more meaningful purpose is really about just being more mindful with our clothing and and when there's less waste you know you're contributing socially and environmentally so um yeah it really is all of those things i'm rocking that pencil skirt look today myself (laughs) oh awesome i love a pencil skirt it's just 
just, you know, something so easy to put on and it, and it just it just works for so many women. I think it's fantastic. It does. So I'll be the first to admit, Lolita, that I really don't know much about fashion or <laughs> for that matter, And I, but I do own a sewing machine and uh, my other half affectionately calls it the swearing machine, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> Is there an innovation happening in fabrics and production to reduce um, what's generally a resource-hungry process? Mm, you're so right. Um, fashion is one of the most resource-intensive industries in the world and, you know, we need to make a lot of change. And there's a lot of great things happening now, which is so inspiring. Oh, my gosh. So there's innovations happening with fabrics. So people are thinking about how they, firstly, how fabrics are created. So there's one fabric, for example, called viscose. So viscose comes from wood pulp. And what a lot of fashion, you know, they're sourcing this wood pulp from trees that have been planted. They've cut down old forests, old ancient forests to plant these trees that they're going to make wood pulp for. You know, it's just ridiculous. And firstly, sometimes they'll use those forests and then they'll be planting these other trees to make to make the new wood pulp. So it's not being sustainable. So there's a new kind of viscose, which is focused on only sourcing the wood pulp from sustainable farms that did not cut down an ancient forest, you know, like the Amazon or something ridiculous. And so, you know, that's one great thing happening. Then there's another focus of the fashion industry, which is on regenerative farming. So, you know, when you think about a natural ecosystem like a forest, it has so many things that come into play. You know, the rich soil is really important. And what contributes to rich soil is all the, you know, the birds, the animals, the worms, everything. And then that feeds itself. But what happens is with large-scale farming is that it depletes the soil and it depletes the land and it ends up being arid and you can no longer use it. And so the fashion industry is thinking about this now and it's, it's one of the biggest focuses um, that's coming about lately is thinking about, okay, how do we use these farming processes and how can we contribute back to the land so that we can continue to use it and we can also be you know thinking about carbon emissions and how are we you know keeping as much you know forestry and and greenery around as we can so um the fashion industry is thinking about using in a much more responsible using the land and using resources in a much more responsible way um, and then in terms of fabrics there's so much new fabric coming about there's fabrics made from banana fiber from seaweed like so many different things that you would not think about fish scales or something i saw some yes wow (laughs) i know isn't it wild and the thing is that these fabrics look amazing and feel amazing but we're not going to know to look for it unless we hear about it but these really are the future because these fabrics also, they are more biodegradable, you know. So when a garment gets to the end of its life, it can, you know, go into the, the earth and, and not create pollution, which is so important. So there's really a lot of great things happening in the fashion industry and it needs to be more just like we've spoken about with other things today. So what can our listeners do to raise awareness or support causes that aim to solve what seems to be an escalating problem and significant world problem, Lolita? It's an interesting question. It can get overwhelming when you think about the big global issues and it can be easy to think, you know, what can I do, one person? 
I mean, it's it's such a big issue and these fashion brands have such power and such influence, you know. But we're the ones who drive the change. We're the ones who decide where we put our money, which you would talk to your clients about. You know, it's a conscious decision about what we do with our money. And so we need to be thinking about where do we put our money when we buy our clothing? Thinking about buying less and buying better. It's really, it's, it's really simple, but it has a profound compounding effect if everybody is um, starting to think in this way. And so the main things are, you know, firstly, it's coming back to our values. What do we value with clothing? Thinking about what do we really want buying less and buying better and thinking with a long-term view, you know, investing in what we buy, which is so important. And also are starting to ask questions. I think we need to be doing that as consumers and fashion brands are saying that they are increasingly getting more and more people coming in, asking where their clothes were made, how were they made, what are the fabrics, um, you know, are they sustainable, are they biodegradable? So the conversation is growing and I think if we are asking the questions of fashion brands and if, we are, if we're on a website looking for a new piece of clothing, looking to see what a fashion brand's position is on sustainability and ethical manufacturing and just by asking questions, we're prompting fashion brands to think about it. So, you know, sending in an email if you're not sure that's something really simple, but brands will take notice once they get more and more of these and they, they already are. So so each individual can raise their influence. And so I consider yeah. you an influencer, Lita. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your top three challenges that influencers face? You know, it's interesting, the influencer question, because I think that being an influencer, you know, has so many kind of um, mixed connotations these days. And I think um, being an influencer is really about how are you wanting to give back to people? Um, what are you? What are you wanting to contribute? And I think it's all about responsibility and having a bigger purpose. So, for me, it's really um, being aware of what people's needs really are. I think that's the main thing and making sure that I'm not doing something just for the sake of it, really understanding what's going on out there and and being able to help people. I think that's my biggest kind of challenge is is giving back, you know, like um, just, uh, just doing something that has real meaning. That's what I want to, mm. that's why I'm working in this industry and that's why I wrote this book. So. so how important is it to back or invest in yourself and what's the biggest risk taken for investment that you've made so far, Lolita? For me personally, it's, um, I think the biggest thing that I'm here to learn is how to trust myself and how to back myself in my life. And I know that I can look back or see pivotal moments where I've had to make a decision based on what I think is true and what is important. And I think one of the biggest things for me is in 2010 when I decided to leave my marriage, which was very, very hard. Um, and I'd been thinking about it for quite some time. But, you know, I made the decision for myself and, uh, and then I decided, okay, so what do I want my life to look like? You know, what, what do I really want to do? And that's where I, I said to myself, well, you know, I really want to work in Paris in the fashion industry. I mean, I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anybody, but I knew But this was for myself. You know, I was creating my new life. And so I packed up and I went to Paris. Awesome. Um, <laughs> well which, done, you. 
you know, it's a huge thing and, and, you know, it's been so amazing. I mean, I made amazing connections. I worked in the industry and it really changed the course of my life really. So, um, yeah, it took a lot of courage to do that, but it, you know, it, it was so great. So that's amazing. I, I didn't actually realize that that was the kind of the impetus for going off to Paris. That's an incredible story. We should talk more about that at another <laughs> stage. So what are your top five tips for our listeners today to make a difference when it comes to fashion? Well, okay. So the biggest thing is invest in the pieces that make you look and feel your best. So really think about what the value of that piece of clothing is that you're going to buy when you're buying new pieces. The second one is know what suits you. So know your body shape, know the types of clothing that you need to be looking for. Yeah. Understand your lifestyle. Are you buying clothing for your lifestyle? All of those things. Number three is have a long-term view on fashion. So I like to talk about personal fashion collection like an art collection. So thinking about, okay, what does it look like as a whole and does each piece complement the other and work with the whole collection? So that means you need to have a long-term view. You need to be thinking about what kind of, you know, what do I want my style to be like and what kind of picture do I want to paint in a way? So um, number four is be engaged. So do your research, ask more questions of fashion brands, really, you know, care about what impact your decisions have. And number five is when in doubt, don't, because I just think, you know, like anytime, anytime, if you're at home and you're putting on a piece of clothing and it doesn't make you feel good for just even a little there's even a little niggling thing, don't wear it. You know, take it off and put on something that makes you feel amazing. And also when you're in store and you're trying something on and you think it's a great item, but there's just something that you're not sure about or, you know, whatever. Or if you're not sure about the price or, you know, anything, just don't do not do it. Just resist. walk away. Yeah, resist. <laughs> resist. When in doubt, don't. It's my, it's my little mantra. <laughs> It's a great mantra. The same applies for money. <laughs> so <laughs> great, great ending there. So Yeah, exactly. There we go. Thanks for joining us today, Lolita, and thank you. It's great to chat with an inspirational woman that cares so much about the future of our planet. And thanks again for sharing your insight. Tell us about your special offer and go to resources uh, before we close. So my offer is I normally do a one-hour consultation, uh, which is $99.95. And from listening to this podcast, when you book it online, you can add in the promotional code, which is finesse, and you'll get it for half price. For other resources, um, I'm going to be releasing very soon a Rethink Your Fashion course, which helps you look at all these issues that we've been talking about rethinking your fashion personally socially and you can sign up through my website to um, be notified when that uh, comes live and also look at my blog there's always new um, you know bits of information there about buying quality you know investing in clothing all of those things so yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. So if you've enjoyed listening to Lolita and want to grab her awesome offer of 50% off on a consultation or just know more, head over to a website, www.lolitalow.com. We'll drop all the details of the offer and how to connect with Lolita in the show notes. If you'd like more information about Finesse Financial Advisors, please go to our website, www.finesseadvisors.com. And if you'd like an obligation-free discovery session with me, you can book on our website, again, www.finesseadvisors.com. 
We'll drop all the contact details in the show notes, but feel free to drop us a line at um, admin at finesseadvisors.com if you'd like to leave us any feedback. That brings us to a close. Until next time, thank you again, Lolita. It's been fantastic speaking with you today and I will definitely be taking up that consultation offer. Can't wait to talk to you more. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me, Janine Wilson, next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150. Make sure you put gift voucher in the headline.